0: I'm Jasmine, and I would look weird with a butterfly tattoo. <laughs> Where's that from? I'm trying to figure out
1: what she looked at to give it that like, prompt. That's what she always does. Hi, I'm Ellen, and I own 27 dresses, and I wanted to bring that up to 30, despite really liking the film, 27 dresses. Wow. That's, that's
0: legit. That's legit. And this, and this is... is
1: High Expectations! I was trying to do like a
0: like real bad harmony. I don't know work out. it worked out. I'm pretty sure it's worked out.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Today we are talking
0: about where I hate Leonardo DiCaprio. I
1: don't really hate him, I just don't like watching films with him in.
0: Yeah previously on High Expectations the end of our episode and right at the very end, Alan drops this bomb about how Leonard DiCaprio sucks. <laughs> and I feel like the listeners deserve an explanation.
1: I met somebody who feels the same way as me, finally. And she was like, I just hate his smug face. And I was like, that sums it up really nicely. I don't like the way he talks. He just like goes on and on and on. And I'm just, I just don't, I'm not feeling it. Like, I don't have the same love for him that everyone else does. And if he's in a film, I'm like, oh, I just can't be bothered watching him, on e- like, hours on end. Like, ooh, better things to do with my time. I think I didn't like, uh, I liked early iterations of Leonardo DiCaprio, like, I like Romeo plus Juliet, and he's fine in the Titanic, I guess. Oh my god, that's going to get so much trouble. A lot of people love the Titanic. I don't personally love it that much. I don't mind it. I've watched it a few times.
0: I've seen it exactly once. Oh, I've seen it more than once. Interesting. Well, one, it's a really long movie. It is long, eh? And two, eh.
1: <laughs> That's definitely popular opinion. Unpopular <laughs> opinion. Oh, my gosh. I think peak annoying, and I know DiCaprio, is Revolutionary Road, where he just spends the whole movie ranting, and it just really put me off him. And I think maybe I should rethink this hate for him, because so many people love him so much. But,
0: yeah, I'm just not fan. So what you're saying is there's a reason he didn't get an Oscar for so long. Yeah, because I'm the one who decides who gets the Oscars. Wow, plot twist.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not a huge racist. but a boom I feel like the Academy's really, like, figured out that that looked really bad. Yeah. And that's why they've, like, had a lot more diversity in more recent years. I loved the Oscars nominations this year. Except, like, that Daniel Day-Lewis shit. No I haven't seen it Maybe it's a good film But I just don't think The Phantom Thread Was on the same Was at
0: the same calibre
1: Of the other nominations
0: It was no Lady Bird
1: No And like what's really cool About the rest of them Is that A couple of them like First time film directors Right like Greta Gerwig And Yeah Also actors Who are for some reason Directing But doing a good job Shout out Greta Gerwig And who's the one That did Get Out Jordan Peele Jordan Peele yeah Shout out Jordan Peele Shout out Jan- Jordan Peele Also really like well, I was nominated Well The Shame of the Water Obviously and itonia was nominated i'm pretty sure i loved
0: itonia it was yeah it was big Sick nominated no
1: it's not good enough oh, it was so good though it's not it's not good enough this picture nah. i thought it was
0: one of my best pictures i actually
1: think <laughs> i actually think the real problem is when something is released because if you the closer you are to awards season the more likely you are to get nominated so like all of those films oh
0: yeah
1: get out was actually quite far out from the awards season but lady bird and itonia were relatively close in comparison to, like, say The Big Sick, or um, what was the other one? The Beguiled. I remember Amanda. I was oh, talking yeah, about that beguiled. on your show. Amanda Picture Show, go, go. About how The Beguiled got no nominations. And I was pretty bummed out, because I, I, I really like The Beguiled. It was so aesthetically pleasing. Like, I should have gotten, like, I don't know, best, I don't know what they have there. Cinematography or something. Set design.
0: Whatever mm. they have. Whatever awards they have. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what awards they've got. I haven't seen it. I do remember thinking it looked sort of appealing visually, and I didn't realise it was a comedy. I don't know if you'll like the content. Like, it is a comedy, but it's a satire. Right. Okay.
1: So it's kind of like, ridic. That's the idea of it. Like, it's not like, I don't know, laugh out loud, off as funny.
0: Do you think that Jane Austen stories are.
1: satire? Definitely. They're satirical. I don't think that's their main point. Like, I don't think everyone's there just as, like, a laugh. Like, I think her characters are very fleshed and real. Mm. But a lot of it is, like, a parody of real life or definitely playing on, like,
0: tropes that come up in real life mm. at the time. Do you think they were f- considered funnier back when they came out and they've become more serious over time? I think they're still considered funny.
1: I think people who don't, like, read or watch Austen adaptations think they're serious, but that's because they don't
0: know anything about them. That's true. I didn't know a lot about them and now I love them. I guess also,
1: like, comedy is not necessarily defined by whether or not it makes you laugh. Like, uh, Shakespeare's comedies were defined by whether or not they had a happy ending.
0: How weird.
1: Yeah, so, like, Jane Austen always has a happy ending. What about when it's an ambiguous ending? Like, indie films, there was, like, that (laughs) that huge trend of, like, ambiguous endings. I feel like the worst one ever. Well, we were just talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, so there's Inception. But Inception, that's a good ambiguous ending. Like, that's how to do it right. Sorry if it's a spoiler, but it is an ambiguous ending, quite famously. I'm not saying what the ending is, so you can still watch the film and enjoy it if you haven't seen it. Okay. Did you see The Big Sick with me? No, you saw it with someone else. Oh, I saw it, I with- saw it at oh, home. I
0: saw it with him. Oh, yeah. you really liked it. Uh, I did like. I loved it. I had no idea what it was about when I went to see it. Yeah, yeah. And I was almost put off going because I was like, The Big Sick? I don't like vomit. Is it going to be about vomit? No, it's about somebody almost dying. Right. It's one of my favourite films in that, although it's got that sort of hospital undertone to it, yeah, it's just really charming yeah, and quite brightly lit for a melancholic, bittersweet film. And that girl's so cute. Yeah, and what's her name Zoe, Ka- Zoe Kazan or something? Zoe Kazan. Kazan. So she, cute. yeah, any movie that she's in, she's good, basically, I think. I'd never noticed her before. Yeah. And now I see her in lots of places, and I'm so excited when it's her. Yeah. Yeah, she's really yeah, good. Yeah. Good.
1: I didn't like it as much as you did. I definitely didn't hate it. I think
0: I think that it's good because it's based on a real story. That actually I didn't find that out until afterwards. Yeah. And some of my complaints during the film were I was like, Oh, that's a bit of a cliche decision, isn't it? And then you find out that's what really happened. So that's yeah. why they were like that. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. And I think it's actually kind of unusual. Like in real life, can you imagine if somebody were dating and it didn't work out? But they got really sick and were in hospital, I guess they'd be like, Well, I have nothing to do with this person anymore, so I'll just leave it I guess. But like the decision mm. to actually still be heavily involved even after you've been rejected is like what makes it really. Like what makes it special. And yeah, like there's a like a lot of like exploration of race and his relationship with his family. Yeah, it's a good film.
0: It's a good film. I'll give you that. It's very heartwarming. I'll be keen to watch it again. Maybe we're gonna like I don't know. Well we don't know what we're doing for this episode, guys. I'm sorry. I think I would
1: talk about films. I reckon we could talk about, like, films we went into not expecting to like, and then we really liked that we watched recently. So I do this thing on Netflix where I just watch films. Like, I just say, oh, like, I want to, I feel like I want to watch a horror, or I feel like I want to watch a rom-com, so I'll just watch whatever. Apparently that's not what other people do. Like, my flatmate Finn, shout out Finn, he was like, oh, if I watch a film, like, I've been planning to watch it for a long time and I really want to watch it, like, I don't just watch random films. And I'm like, oh. I do it all mm. the time. And then sometimes they're really bad, or, like, sometimes I really don't like them. Or other times, like, they're a fucking gem, and they're, like, now my favorite films. A couple of those films I watched on Netflix. Another Zoe... How do we decide her name was pronounced? Kazan. Kazan. Um, is What If with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, I love that. I fucking love that movie. I have seen it three times. <gasps> so good. It's got Adam Driver in it as well. Daniel Radcliffe is really good in it. I feel like because he's Harry Potter like, there was so much stress on that role. And then he got typecast. I think a lot of people think he's not a good actor. Yeah. But he
0: actually is a really good actor. And there's a scene where, like, Harry Potter is talking to Kylo Ren. <laughs> That's true.
1: Good point. They would not be, like... Kylo Ren and Harry Potter would not be friends. They wouldn't. Because one is, like, bright... You know, the, the chosen one. And the mm. other one is, like, on the dark side.
0: It is hard to, to remove Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter when I see things. Yeah. But it's getting easier. Just like when I see... Adam Driver, I'm like, oh, there's Adam from Girls. He was a tosser in Girls for a lot of it. I oh, we hated I him in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, then,
1: like, the end he of like... He really movies. grows on you, and then uh, he, yeah, like, that... fucks you over, and then he grows on you again, and then he fucks yeah. you over. And by the end of the series, you're like, you're just trash. But he's funny, at least. He's funny. Yeah, because he, he's a really good actor, I guess. It's like, that's why you, like, like do I like this character? Do I not? Hmm. Like, that's. Often what makes you conflicted. And also the same with Kylo Ren. I'm like, should I feel uh. bad for Kylo Ren? Should I not? Like, what's the dealio here? I feel, <sighs> I feel like I
0: say dealio a lot. <laughs> Maybe. I love Kylo Ren, eh?
1: I definitely have a soft spot for Kylo Ren too. Like, the latest movie, was it The Last Jedi? Is Last Jedi, yeah. I just thought, like, the relationship between him and Rey was just like, ooh. Mm. Ooh. this is juicy, yo. There's just so much Mm. like family ties and history and I I really liked The Last Jedi and a lot of people don't, but I think it was because like, it's not like clear cut, like here's the bad guys, here's the good guys. Like a lot of film franchises or book Mm. franchises are all like that. Whereas The Last Jedi's like, everyone's a little bit evil and everyone's a little bit good. Like, it's you can't just say somebody's a good or bad person and just because we're on opposing sides. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the rebels are the right side of history. Thank exactly. <laughs> you. To reference our previous episode. You know, it's like, but are the individuals themselves all bad people? Mm. Or have they had bad lives? And that's definitely true for Kylo Ren. Anyway,
0: I'm very interested to see what happens with this character in the next movies. Come back in... Two years? <laughs> That's a year and a half, maybe? When is it? I'm going to be 30 by the time there's another Star Wars film. <laughs> I think it's I think every two years. Okay.
1: So well, there's Solo out. coming out this year.
0: We'll talk about it in season four. <laughs> no way, it'll be over by then. Oh, no. We'll get to it when we can. Season five, <laughs> maybe. Season five, oh my god. What are we on now? Season three. Season three. <laughs> what are we on now? So what's, um, what's going on with what's, what if? What if? Oh, what if. That was the bad plot.
1: You said I could talk about whatever I want, so we're not I'm on a lot tangents. I just really
0: like what if.
1: I think it's just the actors. The actors are just great. It's a great ensemble. It's just a, it's just a perfect... Um, if you don't like t- movies that move kind of slowly to get to a final destination, you might not like it, but I think it's just like a really good build towards that final, you know, bit of the of the like the last part of the film, because yeah. it's, it's just an
0: ultimate, will they, won't they? So the premise is that it's a man and a woman having a friendship. Yeah. They went on a date and decided to just be friends. Yeah. But well, she's definitely in a relationship. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think she's in a relationship from the get-go, isn't she? Yes, and she said if we can hang out as friends.
1: Because I have a, I have
0: a boyfriend. I a boyfriend. Don't help me if I'm dying, because that's what my boyfriend should do. Don't touch me.
1: Anyway, so she ruins things, and he's like, okay, cool. But they just have, like, amazing banter, like insane chemistry. Which is true of the actors. They really do have this amazing chemistry. But yeah, I really like it when, like, there's a rom-com, and the actors just have incredible chemistry. Another time this happened is black mirror hang the dj oh good choice those two actors together like there's that there's that whole sad genu Hero and hang the dj are like two really great nice episodes of black mirror whereas everything yeah. else is like brutal <laughs> really dark but yeah i actually prefer hang the dj because i just really really like the concept and the aesthetic and i think the actors together are really nice
0: and there's really good chemistry I've seen Hang the DJ once, and San Junipero three times. Oh my god. I've seen Hang the DJ twice, and I think I've just seen San Junipero once, so maybe I should really Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. I really like San Junipero, I just don't think the actors sell it for me as
0: much as Hang the DJ. That's fair. I think the story is great. Oh, it's such a great story. It's really good. The chemistry, that Yeah. So that's kind of a
1: good example of something you went into, and you were like, "I don't mm. know if i going to like this," because you do not like Black Mirror, no, don't. You don't like anything that's like too stressful to watch, which right. is understandable. I'm I'm not like that at all. I like really dark stuff. I like really stressful stuff. I like really getting into the nitty gritty when I watch like dramas or horror or thriller or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Jasmine's like, I want it to be nice. I want virtually nothing to happen, and I want it to be brightly lit. No musical numbers unless it's in context. And then if your film
0: ticks all those boxes, Jasmine's happy. Correct. But surprisingly, quite a few films are like that. I think a lot of people are that way inclined. I think we need it in a society now to have some nice content. Definitely. think's been getting really dark, IRL. Yeah. I think that's like, a lot of people make the
1: same argument for dystopia. They're like, we're now living in a world where this is extremely relevant. So that's why it's mm. just so interesting to watch. But you're right. Like, I think life can be really fucking nice. And I think escapism is really important to give your brain a break.
0: Definitely is.
1: Like, I was talking to somebody else recently who feels the same way as you. Like, she doesn't like any dramas. Which <laughs> <laughs> was really interesting. And she was, uh, she was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch Love, Simon. Like, that looks like a hard like time. And I'm like, nah, nah. It is so nice. Yeah. So nice. So nice. Like, if you... Uh, of the Jazzland inclination, or if you just like want to watch something nice and light and you haven't seen Love, Simon yet,
0: totally check it out. It's so good. But last night, I was like, I should watch some of these random movies that I keep putting into my Netflix queue. Yeah. So I watched one called Dude, because I had Lucy Hale as the main actress. And I was like, okay, cool. High school, kids, bit of romance. Sounds like my alley. Yeah. Started watching it. Within the first few minutes, someone dies. For fuck's sake. And the rest of the film has a lot of light-hearted, schooly kind of bright moments and stuff, romance, sex kind of stuff. But it's, I had this, like, sad undertone, so often this, like, grief would come back. I'm like, yay, happy. Ugh, a little bit stressful, but yay, happy. So the next one I'm going to watch is called Candy Bar, and it better be pure, straight happiness. I think it might be. <laughs> okay, if anyone's seen that film?
1: Please write into us to let us know if there's anything stressful that happens <laughs> for Jasmine's sake.
0: No spoilers, but
1: just like, yeah, yeah. it's not a good time or it is a good time. Oh, the other thing, movie I was going to bring up is Man Up, which I've been like trying to sell oh, to Jasmine so hard. It's in my
0: queue. I'm so excited when you watch it. I should have watched it the other night, but I didn't. Yeah. The thing about I liked about Dude is I was listening to the season finale episode of Stop and Fangirl. Yep. And they were talking about how so many TV shows and films. Don't portray women's bodies properly, and the fact that they they need to pee, they need to poo, they have periods, they don't have a lot of sexual agency, and this film has all of that. Oh, cool! The characters pee, they poo, they talk about their periods, they talk about their period poos. <laughs> they have like guided oral sex. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, well done. They look out for each other, and like some creepy shit happens apparently. Oh, that's good.
1: That ticks the boxes yeah, for well sure. Well done. It's like when we watched um, Two Night Stand, there's this bit where, like, they're critiquing each other in bed because they've had one night stand and they're like, oh, well, we can use this as a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do you start helping yourself out? She's like, that's a really good thing. And, like, that was such a good message. And we were like, what the hell? Like, so that came across as, like, a really trashy rom-com is full of, like, good messages. Mm-hmm. Except for the message, like, if she tells you no, you should hound her until she says yes. Yeah. Which Boo. is always a bad time. I didn't like that. But, like, the, the fact that they openly critiqued each other mm. about sex, and then they had really good sex through that feedback, was really cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I can't remember what Man Up is about. Oh, my so gosh. Sell it to me. Okay.
1: So what's really cool about Man Up is that it... So most of the time when you watch rom-coms, it's, like, two young people who meet and fall in love. Yeah. But is that realistic... No. No. Like, okay, I guess the thing about rom-coms is that they end at the romance bit and then it's done. And I'm not saying Man Up doesn't do that. But what I am saying is that it's about two people, one in their 40s and one in their mid-30s, who have not been lucky in love, who have been really fucked over by their previous partners and have a lot of baggage. So it's not about old people, but it's about older people falling in love. And that from the get-go gives it a lot more substance. And I think that's what I really Mm. like about it. That's nice. So, the main, we follow the main character, who's called Nancy, and she is the 34-year-old I was talking about, and she is, like, just trying to find love, but she just can't make it work. She's very, like, snarky and sarcastic and, like, fun and forthright, and a lot of things that I like in female characters. She's a very cool, well-rounded female character. Don't know if it's directed by a man or a woman, but wouldn't be surprised if it was a woman, because she's just really well-written. So, up to anyone who did write her character. And she is on a train and then she meets a 24 year old who's reading a self-help book I think it's called something like one in a billion and she's like you need to read this and Nancy's at the stage where she's like I'm fucking done with this bullshit like I've been there done that you know you can't just read a self-help book and find love and then like she falls asleep and And the 24-year-old has put a post-it note with a smiley face on a chapter that says how your negativity is affecting you and everyone around you. (laughs) And she's like, what the fuck? And so she carries this book into the station, I guess in an effort to give it back to the 24-year-old who's gone to buy a second one. Because the whole point of her having the book is that she can meet a man under the clock who will also be holding the book and it's a blind date so it's how they will identify each other so in the time when the 24 year old goes to buy the new book sorry I don't remember her name I'm sorry I kept referring to her as a 24 year old but that's kind of who (laughs) she is in the film she just plays like this younger more desirable partner right anyway Nancy is like trying to look for her and she just of course happens to be under the clock holding the book and then the date comes along and who's the date other than Simon Pegg (gasps) Simon (laughs) Pegg friend of the show (laughs) and simon pig is playing a 40 year old recent divorcee who's just like basically a hopeless romantic and trying to make it work again and nancy like sees him and he says oh hey you must be my date jessica jessica's a 24 year old's name right and she's like yes i am jessica and then, and then she goes off and pretends to be this 24-year-old date, and he fully believes that she is Jessica. <laughs> and he's just asking her things like, so you're a triathlete? And she's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and then, of course, just, like, hilarious chaos ensues from there. And again, incredible chemistry between the two lead actors. There's one scene where they're having a fight and dancing at the same time. <laughs> And it is
0: adorable and amazing, and I love it. It sounds great. It's such a good film. You definitely watch this film. Maybe not some- without its problems. Maybe even tonight, though. Maybe. <laughs> definitely
1: not without its problems. Hmm. Um, but the two lead actors really make it. Cool.
0: I just found out it's written by a woman.
1: <gasps> oh, that's so. And yeah, chimpanzee. out. I want to throw some cushions <laughs> around. Oh, sorry, I called it. Did I fucking call it or what? I called is it is so
0: exciting. And her, oh, I love a rom com written by a woman. Sorry. And her name is Tess Morris. Good on you, Tess. Shout out Tess Morris. <laughs> we'll tag you on Twitter and maybe, maybe you'll listen to this. What else has she written? Let's find out. Filmography, Bear Goggles, Holly Oaks, My Family, Rise of the Appliances. The love punch and man up. I don't know any of this really. I've heard of Hollyoaks. Maybe I'll watch all. The of it. love punch sounds great though. Let's find out what it's about. 2013 British comedy film written and directed by Joel Hopkins. What? Who's that? What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's Tess. <laughs> what? The fuck? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Tess is gone. Filmography. Maybe she was like. Oh, she's of- an additional writer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some dude gets all the glory she probably wrote it that is
1: so exciting that she wrote that up that's really good I can't believe it that you can watch a film and be like this was written by a woman that's amazing it makes sense though
0: yeah it does that main character is just like really well rounded like oh that woman is acting far more realistic than she she often is on screen (laughs) yeah (laughs) our friend Emily
1: doesn't like rom-coms and her biggest complaint is like they're basically like yeah written by men sometimes the films are written by women and they're not they're not very good I think that women tend yeah. to, like, not write out the best female characters sometimes, too. Because we don't have that many examples of good female characters. Like, we do, obviously, but not as many as we should. Mm. And there's all those rom-com tropes you got a hit often. Yeah, there's some rom-coms, it's like, there's so many good aspects. I love the first half of the film, and then it just kind of goes to shit for me. One of those is um, Mila Kunis, Justin Timberlake. And the ad for it was like, she's putting her hand up in an okay position and he's got his finger out and they'd have casual sex. Oh yeah, um, just friends? Just friends, but they don't ruin it with a relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when there was like all those films coming out about... Well, there was that one and there was another one with Natalie Paul and Ashton Kutcher. Is it like just... No strings attached or something? No (sighs) strings attached. It's such a... Casual sex. (sighs) Yeah, it's just such a stupid concept for a rom-com. Like maybe a goofball comedy starring mainly men. I can totally <laughs> say <laughs> that though, right? Like, yeah. maybe like Owen Wilson, a couple of other like male comedians, no strings attached. Could be like Hall Pass 2. <laughs> Wedding Crashes too. Okay, Owen Wilson is in a lot of
0: like goofball comedy, man centric yes. films. <laughs> um, fuck oh, Mary wow. Kill. <laughs> Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, Ashton Kutcher.
1: Oh. Oh. <sighs> not really a huge fan of any of them. Who is it? Ashton Kutcher? Ah. Oh. Okay, I think... This is really harsh. I think Ashton Kutcher is the best-looking of the three, obviously. I agree. But I don't really like him. I guess I'd fuck him. Let's go with that. I actually think Ben Still is very talented. He seems like he'd be really annoying. But I just really admire... Like, he writes his films and he does so many different roles. He's actually very funny. Yeah, he is. I think I'd marry Ben Stiller and kill Alan Wilson. I just can't imagine the rest of my life like, oh wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Alan, oh wow. Will you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) This floppy blonde hair. Like how long has he been in films? And he's just still got the same floppy blonde hair.
0: <laughs> wow!
1: <laughs> Come on, Lynn you really um, like comedy films. This is the worst yeah. ever. Wow. Oh, and also bridge Oh wow! Oh, wow!
0: <laughs> oh wow! Does Ben still have a catchphrase? I feel like it's like what?
1: Yeah, he's always like freaking out in all of his what? films.
0: What? Yeah, it's true. What? <laughs> I can explain. <laughs> ben Stiller is thick of the I can explain trope. Yeah, yeah. Always getting himself in the most ridiculous situations, right? hmm And Ashton Kutcher's dude. Yep. Yeah. Isn't it weird that Ashton Kutcher used to be in a relationship with Demi Moore? I can kind of see it, eh? How did that even start? I don't know. I can see how that would
1: work. Demi Moore's a very attractive woman. They just, they just hit it off. Opposites attract or something. It's quite an age difference, eh? It's quite an age difference for sure. But I don't know. Oh, I say so damaged the other day. Oh, see Paulson's with like a Paulson. It's like with a 50-year-old woman, and then he was like, "Okay," and he looked it up, and he was like, "Actually, she's with a 70-year-old woman."
0: So that's quite an age difference. You answers. just confused Google search. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't tell me how old is Ashton Kutcher.
1: Ashton Kutcher is 40 years old.
0: Huh. Wow. That sounds about right. Yeah. How old is Demi Moore?
1: Demi Moore is 55 years old.
0: Okay, fifteen years difference. That's less than I thought. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was like twenty five.
1: <laughs> no, that would make her like yeah, like sixty, wouldn't it? That sounds a bit <laughs> sounds a bit off. Yeah. She was at her peak in like the eighties. Whereas Ashton Kutch is like nineties, early two thousands, so that makes definitely, sense. yeah. I feel like most actors have their peak in their twenties. Mid to late mid to like
0: twenties mid- to be like I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do no. you know who's surprisingly older than you'd
0: think they are? Who? Rachel McAdams. Oh, let me guess her age. Okay. I'm going to say that she is 43. I think that's a bit older than she is. I was right rounding up because you were like, oh, she's older than she looks. Yeah. Let's find out. How old is Rachel McAdams? Rachel McAdams is 39 years old. She's only four years off. Yeah, no, definitely. Pretty close. Also,
1: another fact. Maybe this won't surprise you. But I learned the other day that Ben Affleck is actually really tall
0: and he was the tallest Batman there's ever been. Oh, Ben Affleck. I Ben yeah. Stiller for a second. I was like, I know, really? Ben Stiller's definitely not tall. Wow, that's amazing. No, he's definitely not tall. <laughs> ben Affleck's really tall. I guess yeah. so, yeah. Wow. I
1: guess that's just not something you've ever really thought about before. Also, when he comes with J-Lo, I think J-Lo's pretty tall, isn't she? I guess I forgot about that. That's so weird. That was such a long time ago, yeah. Oh, was and so they were in that horrible film, Jiggly. They were, like, the cheesiest couple
0: ever. And, like, music videos. He's hanging out on them. Well, maybe, like... Justin Timberlake and um, Britney Spears are pretty cheesy. one now which lasted longer. Ben Stiller and... What's her name? Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. Or Justin and Britney? Oh, not Ben
1: Stiller. Ben Affleck. Ben, ben Stiller Astley. and Jennifer Lopez. Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I know that J-Lo's been with quite a few people, but not. There you go. That's a woman who's had a lot of long-term relationships and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. And she was also with P. Diddy for a while. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I think so. What's all- p diddy up to these days i don't know it's been a long time yeah maybe you should say really horrible things like um, that time yeah remember that time you said you weren't you weren't gonna stop because you couldn't stop you stopped you could used to be
1: cool p diddy (laughs) what's those names p diddy like i don't know how long somebody can
0: last with a name like that and he still call p diddy (laughs) or like jar rule (laughs) what is that name about it (laughs) We're ja <laughs> so off-topic. How did we go from, like, movies we didn't expect to be really good? Oh, movies we didn't expect really good? Yeah. Remember we went to see Battle of the Sexes? Yes. And we went in kind of blind when it was a tennis film? Yeah. Nothing else about it. We are going to see it for Amanda's Picture Show, which never worked out for reasons. Then we never got to talk about it. It is actually such a good film. The surprise of it was there was a scene where it looked like it could go, like, gay. A little bit lesbian. And I thought to myself, this scene would be so much better if they kissed. And then... And then... It was like, it was full on like, hitting on each other. And I was like, whoa. Yep, yep. It's going down. I was so happy. And then I was like, it's a surprise queer film. Yeah.
1: It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a total surprise queer film. It's like Sandra DiPero in that respect. Like, you yeah. do not expect it to like, be queer. I watched this YouTube series called Drunk Lesbians Watch. And they, yeah, essentially get drunk and then watch... Any sort of queer film. Mm. <laughs> they watch Battle of the Sexes, but they like completely cut out. They show all the scenes. I think her name's Marilyn, and is it Billy? Billy, Blaine, Jean. Billy Jean. Oh yeah, Billy Jean Armstrong. I feel like if we knew even a little bit about tennis, it wouldn't have been as much of a surprise. Oh, yeah, I
0: would have known. Like, oh, she's famous lesbian. Okay.
1: <laughs> we did not know at all. But then it I was
0: like, it's oh. actually such a cool story. Like, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, in. it was really nice. It was fun. It was a good film. Quite, yeah, quite jazz and friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And afterwards, we we're like oh now we see why Amanda wanted to talk to us about it yeah potentially queer film maybe she knew yeah queer film yeah she must have known she must have yeah Yeah. it is so good that's
1: great yeah and also Emma Stone in a queer role fantastic
0: yeah it was
1: pretty good I want to just believe that she's bisexual I feel like if you looked at my google search it would be like is insert female actress here bisexual pretty sure i've googled is Everstone bisexual there's a lot of clickbaity articles about it i don't think she's ever publicly said Mm. she's queer Aubrey plaza on the other hand definitely queer really awesome yeah did you not know that no she's bisexual oh great i don't know if anna kendrick is though can you remember
0: how you felt about pitch perfect before you watched it the first time i knew pitch perfect was some kind of like really girly sing-along musicy kind of film yep and i went to watch it with queer friends and we did it as a drinking game. I don't know. If Was I'm that gonna... the first time you'd watched Pitch Perfect? First ever time. And I thought, I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy this movie, but at least I have some booze. And I loved it. Oh, I fucking love. I'm so glad I introduced you to. it. I introduced you, right? And I literally know because I just I saw it with some other friends. But oh, I thought you, thought you did... saw it with me. You, you did, did introduce me. <laughs> you did introduce me to the culture of really loving it. Oh, okay. And so we saw Pitch Perfect two together at yep. the movies. Yep. And Pitch Perfect 3 together in the movie.
1: Which was such
0: trash.
1: Total trash. I feel like you can... I was enjoyable. It had, I feel like yeah. you can
0: completely miss the third film. It had its good moments, but it, wow, it takes a turn. Yeah. It's very boring <laughs> in its parts. It's like, Pitch Perfect, JK, it's Die Hard. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, it's right.
0: <laughs> Why? Yeah. Who were the friends you watched it with? Um, Rob. Oh. Uh, Rodder. Because I got confused, because I thought you meant, like, but I guess
1: Esther's not queer, so that would be
0: weird. Yeah, it wasn't Esther. No, it was actually before I met you. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. In those yep. dark yep. times. They
1: were dark without me.
0: I can't remember when I first watched Pitch Perfect.
1: I remember that I watched it and loved it, though. I think I watched it at home by myself.
0: Oh, Do you sing along? Probably. I like watching movies by myself, though. So it's I remember good. not, at the time, not knowing what Anna Kendrick's name was. I always called it the, the woman with the small mouth. she does have a little mouth but she's like really great though all right well we've got some life shit to do now yeah thanks for listening and if you want to hear more of me (laughs) i have another podcast now what it's called up in 10 club and it's 10 minutes long it's me talking to you and sucking you up to get out of bed in the morning and to help you out during the day if you're got depression or anxiety or you're just feeling a bit lost or you want some friendship in the morning, give it a listen. Oh, that's really nice. It's a community, so you can be a part of the club. Give it a listen. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. And when Ellen's podcast comes out, we'll tell you about it as well.
1: <laughs> if it ever does. Sh- All right. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Kelly from Bad Feminist Film Club. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, send an email to high Expectations Podcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on a post. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can also subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or wherever you enjoy your
0: podcasts. Have a great week.
1: I like how I say go as if I'm the
0: person that gets to decide whether or not you go or not. But Jasmine's really in charge. I'm Ellen. <laughs> I spent hours doing this show behind the scenes. No one gets me any praise for it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Do even get to say. I don't even get to say go. <laughs> I'm Jasmine. Bloody hell! And this is. I mean, fuck it. Expectations. <laughs> it's expectations. The last expectation. <gasps> What's happening? Breaking. This is the breakup episode. <laughs> What's happening? I don't
1: know. Do you really want to end it? Are you like full-time wanting to do your (laughs) up and ten podcast?
0: Up and ten? (laughs) Okay, we've got a way the mouth. Okay.
1: Have you ever said to yourself, Gosh, I do love the dazzling action films of today, but darn if there aren't a lot of straight white men. Or maybe... Gee, Fast and Furious is a diverse and enjoyable action experience, but boy do I wish they would tone down that misogyny. Well, you might enjoy the Bad Feminist Film Club. It's a place for people who know, it's okay to criticize the things you love, and it's alright to love some really stupid movies. So join the Bad Feminist Film Club today, available wherever you listen to podcasts.